Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Welcome to the quick hitter version of the Mike Wise Show. I'm Bruce Bernstein filling in for Mike. Our featured discussion this week is with former player, coach, and executive Dave Wall and Catch and Shoot 2.0 co-host Aaron Berlin. As we get ready for the NBA Finals, which begin on Wednesday, the topic of conversation in our quick hitter this week, none other than LeBron James. What is this, year 17 for him? He's now been in this bubble since July. It's five games a series. I mean, how many extra seasons of just wear and tear on his legs of playoff basketball by this point, too? And he just refuses to slow down. And you just never feel like, you know, the, the funny thing is, and this is just a side tangent, you know, the, the other night on our show, Catch and Shoot with Otto and I, he and I were talking about how after that game on, what was it, Tuesday night, it almost felt like with the way Anthony Davis was playing that LeBron had almost kind of recognized that at some point that torch is going to be passed between the two of them. And that because AD had taken some big shots in these playoffs that he was kind of recognizing that maybe he needed to defer to him a little bit more. And then what's he go out and do last night in a series to close or in a game to close out of the series, he posts 38 points and he just dominates the entire basketball game. And it's like, so you almost have like these fleeting thoughts of, you know, at some point LeBron recognizes that, you know, he's going to have to be maybe a one a on a team, but not this year, maybe not early next year. You know, and at what point does that become? And at what point have we ever seen a basketball player just hold on to his his athleticism, his strength, his basketball IQ? And it just seems like not that he's getting better, but he's getting just so much smarter each and every year. It's almost like he he's hit a plateau, an elite plateau, but there's no decline. It doesn't seem to be on the top of the mountain where it's going down. He's just on this plateau going at this very elite level. And you keep waiting for him to sort of, okay, he's starting downhill because we've seen it happen to everybody. And he seems to be defying it longer than, than anybody. Because I actually thought he looked stronger, faster, and, and in better condition than everybody the last couple games of the Denver series. It's like, you know, he said, okay, I guess now I got to really play harder. And he found another level that nobody else on the court found. So, uh, you know, it, it's just been a phenomenal performance by him. And, and I think... You know, he sees AD, like Aaron said, stepping up his game to, to that type of level. And I think that just inspires confidence throughout their whole team. So I think they feel very confident that they can go win a title. And Miami's certainly not going to get out of their way. They're going to make them, you know, earn it. Dave, does, Earlier, uh, oh, go ahead, Aaron. Oh, I was just going to say, Dave, does it play any factor, you know, that LeBron and Spolstra spent all those years together in Miami? Now when you're Spolstra and you're trying – to game plan against a player that you knew so well. Is there any kind of advantage for a coach in that situation? Or is it just that dude's so talented that regardless of what you throw at him, he's going to figure it out? Yeah, I don't know if there is at this case because they've been apart for a number of years now. I think I think Eric certainly knows his strengths and weaknesses as well as as well as anyone. And he'll certainly try and game plan around those things. But I think at this point, he also knows there's a, there's a player over on the other side that's so talented that he, 
he can't be the sole focus because if he is, you know, okay, we hold LeBron to 25, but the rest of their team gets a lot of open shots and layups and AD gets 30. So um, I think, you know, looking at try how you play LeBron, he's seen every possible defense except maybe a whole lot of zone. Um, so it'll be interesting if, if Eric looks at their zone and figures out, is there a way I can kind of change my zone a little, do some tweaks. Maybe it's not the two, three, maybe it's a one, two, two, or a three, two, or do I just give LeBron outside shots? You know, that one, that one series with San Antonio pop really just let LeBron have as many jumpers as he wanted, but no drives. You know, does Eric look at something like that? Because you can live with him making some threes. You can live with him probably making some jumpers. It's when he starts going to the rim and getting and ones or now the drawn kicks that he becomes even more dangerous. So it'll be interesting to see what the Miami coaching staff decides to do going into this series. Earlier on Sunday, as I was sort of, you know, messing around, looking at some numbers and whatever, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who you were a coach of along the way, Dave Wool, uh, played 20 NBA seasons, and his combined points for regular season and playoffs were uh, a little bit north of 44,000, okay? <laughs> LeBron James in season 17, which will have somewhere between four and seven games to go in it, uh, is at a combined total of over 41,000. And I think when you start to look at those numbers, in addition to what he's done as far as now 10 times in the NBA Finals, I don't really want to have the debate MJ versus LeBron because that's a debate that cannot ever really be solved. But my thought, whenever I look at LeBron James, and I've probably felt this way for about 10 years, if Dr. James Naismith in his laboratory had said, I'm going to create the ideal basketball player, I believe that player would come out looking a whole lot like LeBron James, Dave Wall. What do you think? Well, you just, first of all, you take the, the, the size. You know, he's 6'8", six, 6'8", eight, six, eight plus. He's 260 probably or somewhere in there. I don't know what the exact pound is. He runs like a deer. So that overwhelms probably 90% of the people that have to try and defend him. The other 10% maybe are as tall, maybe they're as fast, but don't have all three of those things together. Then you factor in the basketball IQ. And so that just, it's what they call the force multiplier. You know, so I think when you look at him, he's just such a, just like MJ or Magic or some of the other really elite players, Bird, you know, all the parts just fit and they fit and they make a player who just sees the game differently and can take over a game whenever he really needs to for the most part. And, and that's what you're seeing in LeBron. And what people don't really understand sometimes is you can have as many years as a guy. You could take two guys who play 15 years in the league, but one guy's in the finals eight or 10 times. The extra miles, it's not just the minutes, but those minutes every year against the best teams, the best players. And you're going for two, two and a half months now in a concentrated schedule against the best teams and best players. So it's just that added wear and tear on your body. And I think one of the things that has helped LeBron is I think he's a little bit like Kobe. He, he really takes care of himself. He, what he eats, how he sleeps, how he trains. The, the guys that want to last in this league at that high level really pay attention now and use all the technology and advancements that there are 
to really fine tune their body so it can last and produce at that high level for as long as possible. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think, go ahead, Aaron. Oh, I was just gonna say, you know, for the longest time, people hated the idea of load management or stars sitting out to rest their bodies. And LeBron was really kind of the catalyst behind that idea that if I take five to seven games off towards the end of the season, or if I take 15 games off in the regular season to preserve my body, to make sure that even in my mid to late thirties, that I can still go at 100% in the playoffs, then that's going to benefit my team down the road. And you know, the argument for the longest time was, well, fancy to see these guys. Well, how deprived were we last year during the playoffs, not having LeBron in them? You know, like it just makes such a difference getting to watch a player of his level of his ability and of his mind, just take over series the way that he's able to. And, you know, it all goes back to what Dave just said. You take care of your body, right. You take care of your mind, right. And you can do a lot of special things in this league. And LeBron has done it for years. And, you know, it's, it's not just his God-given abilities. It's everything that he worked on. You know, when he came into this league, he was not a fantastic shooter. But he made sure that he worked on it. He got better at it. And, you know, like the passing's always been there, but it's gotten better each year. And that's how he picks teams apart. And that's how he just, for lack of a better word, demoralizes people late in these series. And it, it, he's just crushing every single one. You know, there's, there's two sides to that coin, too, because the league, the NBA, really cares that the fans get to see all the talent in the league. They don't like a player really sitting out or resting a game. The teams themselves don't care about that. They're not worried about the fans not seeing their players, um, and it's not because they're mean or, or something like that. They're doing everything they can to maximize their performance for that year with their roster. So there's this, this like conflict and the league has now set up some rules, you know, it's uh, you can't sit out the national TV game to rest or, or there's a number of other rules. I don't have them in front of me. So they found kind of a compromise and, and each team now knows they can set up their schedule to give those guys rest or whatever. And they can look at the schedule right from the beginning of the year and almost figure out what days we might want to give a guy off. They'll, they can even bring in their analytics department that can actually tell you, well, look, we're going we're gonna to play three games in five nights here or six nights here. Um, we're on the road. Um, the odds are 32% that we'll lose game four of our road trip because of who we're playing and the travel. And so there's so much more information they can use to decide which are the smart games to sit a guy out, but enable us to still try and win as many games as we can. And we saw it with Toronto, even with Kawhi last year, you know, in, in Toronto when they won the title. They, you know, he wasn't going to play 35 minutes a game for 82 games. That wasn't their goal. It was get him ready for the playoffs. Six years ago, uh, when uh... – LeBron finished his four-year run in Miami with four trips to the finals and two NBA championships. He decided he was going home to Cleveland, and it wasn't the happiest of breakups. Pat Riley was very upset and said so publicly. So now they meet again, Dave Wall, in the finals. Um, how juicy is that storyline? Maybe they'll have them both come out, shake at midcourt to start the finals or something, you know? Look, there, in life, there's disappointments. You know, um, I know Pat was disappointed then when, when LeBron left, and I think a lot of people were disappointed in the manner it was done, and I think LeBron 
um, has even said if he had to do it again, he would do it in a different way. Um, but they got two championships out of it. And, uh, you know, sometimes you say, okay, if, if I couldn't have had him at all, or I can get two championships out of him, and then he goes, I'll take the two championships. And because that says something to the rest of the guys on your team, to your culture, to everything else. Um, I, I don't think those two, they've, they're, they're both mature people. They're, they're going to hold this grudge, you know, any further. They're going to enjoy this competition because Pat's a competitor. LeBron's a competitor. Uh, they'll have some bragging rights, whoever ends up winning. So um, I don't foresee any bad feelings between the two of them. How about between LeBron and Eric Spolstra? I mean, it's no real secret that Spo was not a, or that uh, LeBron was not a big fan of Spo early on in Miami, but Pat stood by Spo and said, he is the coach. And that was it. I think LeBron was used to having his way um, in a lot of areas. And then he came to Miami. And as I mentioned, Miami culture is different. It's not for everybody. And the way Pat was at the top of the, the executive um, office, you know, it was going to be up to Pat. And, and Pat's going to say, no, this is how we do things. You're, you're with the Miami Heat now. You're not with another franchise. And I think in the beginning, it was hard for LeBron in some ways. You know, like everything he said, people didn't rush around to like, you know, do it. Um, but I think he also learned things there. And again, I think his, his basketball IQ and his knowledge and his, his level allows him to, to kind of um, test every coach he gets. You know, but I think Spo is one of those guys, and I've known him a long time. Um, Spo is one of those guys that he's going to do what he thinks is right for the team. And Pat, he had a benefactor and uh, the guy who hired him who feels the same way. I, I think if you really got a LeBron in a moment where you sat, he would tell you he learned things in Miami. If you'd like to hear more, check out the full version of The Mike Wise Show from Pure Hoops Media. And if you'd like to check out the quick hitter version on video, it's on the Pure Hoops Media YouTube channel.